On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. It's Locked On Eagles, as always, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Louis DiBiase. He's Gino Camilleri. We thank you for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. It's a Tuesday edition of the show, episode number two this week of five. Download it into your phone wherever you get the podcast. We're available on every platform and on YouTube as well. Video all day, every day, and on Twitter at Lockdown Birds, at DBLCLOE, LOE, and at GC24 underscore football. It's uh, the first podcast of the offseason for 2022 as we look to uh, kick off our, Gino, you know, is this our fourth offseason together, right? Or fifth? I think. Yeah, fourth, I was actually right? thinking about that today. I'm like, how many drafts have we done together? This would so this now the be the fourth, fourth draft fourth. together yeah. because we missed that 18 draft when we yeah. were together. This would have been five, but this was season four. Going into draft four, we're moving yeah. into season five, and there's a lot of big things on the horizon with this team. Luke. A lot. Let me ask you, I'm kind of okay with what happened on Sunday. I'm like ready. I, I, like I see the good. I don't mm-hmm. really take much bad away from that game. And I'm like, okay, now let's build on that foundation to get from good to great. I don't really say, oh, we couldn't compete with the top teams. It's like, okay, how how can we go and compete yeah. with those top teams now? I want to get there. I don't want to worry about saying, oh, this was the schedule we played in 2021. That yeah, schedule's yeah, yeah. over. We no. got 2022 to worry about, and I'm on to that. That's what I'm Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really heartbroken. I think that game showed a lot of things the Eagles still need mm-hmm. this offseason. But need every wild card game this off-season. weekend did too. Yeah, man. for they sure. They were ugly. They um, were but ugly yeah, it, it was pretty ugly. I think, uh, I think there was a consistent theme, though, with the teams that lost, and I think the Eagles are definitely one of those teams that they've got work this offseason, but again, I don't think that mm-hmm. like – surprised me. It wasn't the, I think it was the worst case scenario with how bad they lost. And especially Mm -hmm. a quarterback, I did not want to have Jalen hurts have that performance. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm on to, again, they're a good team that deserve to be in the playoffs and they're not a great team that can hang with Tampa Bay yet. And I think we all knew that. Um, I don't think people expected it to go that bad, but yeah, I agree. I I, look, and that's what we're going to get into today is, you know, this is going to be an off season of a lot of questions and all off season long and free agency and in the draft, you know, you've got the senior bowl coming up in just a couple weeks here. Draft season's coming up before you know it. Gino and I are going to be doing mock draft Monday. It's going to be months of talking about what the Eagles need, right? Holes they need to fill, long-term answers that can or questions that continue to need answers to. And so what I wanted to do on today's show is talk about the positives of what they did in 2021, the foundations that they've already built in place to last. And so I think again, Sunday did show the holes, the foundations that are not there. But this season, especially the second half, did show a lot of the things that the Eagles already have that are really good building blocks, Gino. And I think that before we get into like the actual personnel they have on offense and defense to get into that are long-term, I think the first thing they did, an incredible job of establishing this year, especially after the 2-5 and five start, we've talked about it a lot this this season is the winning culture and the ability to battle through adversity. I mean, to me, that is a must for, obviously you need a quarterback and you need, you need help on the second and third level of the defense. And you you might need a new defensive coordinator, but I think the one thing you have to have, 
to be a consistent title contender in the NFL is to be battle tested, to be able to handle the ups and downs of an NFL season, because guess what? They never go away. I mean, Gino and I have been doing this podcast together for four seasons now, and they've been the biggest roller coasters you could possibly imagine. That's the NFL. So the fact that in year one with a new head coach, you were able to do that is going to go a long way, especially for the young building blocks that are on this team. And I look at what Fletcher Cox said the last couple of weeks, Lou, and I really, when I heard him talk, this is almost the most bought in I feel like I've heard from Fletcher Cox to a culture and an organization. You know, so we've heard the last couple of years that he might be out, all of a sudden he turns and signs an extension, and then yep. people are like, oh, this crazy cap number, which it's a stomachable cap if you really do the deep dive on it. It's not terrible. They have a foundation under Nick Sirianni that I – believe took a lot of the good from the years before that under Doug and even the guys that have been here long term I know Jason Kelsey I know uh, Lane Johnson they've referred back to the days of chips when chips excuse me chip I'm a little hungry here but chip Kelly that they took away things from that tenure too and they've learned lessons throughout their time here in Philadelphia and I think yeah. ultimately the one thing is Lou all of those guys have been up or down when it comes to injuries. Fletcher Cox, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, none of them have been perfect. A lot of these younger guys, too, they've come into a, a culture that, uh, talking about Howie Roseman and people don't really respect what he's done in terms of the draft. You look around this division right now, look at Dallas, who, quote-unquote, was a Super Bowl contender. What do they do? What but, but does isn't that Washington the point? Like, do? You mentioned how it feels more positive now than ever. Like with yeah. even veterans like Fletcher Cox, because I feel like it, I think they know this isn't the end. Like 2018 Yeah, 2018 and 19, they were trying to extend a window. It felt like they were trying to maximize a window that let's face it. I mean, 2017 wasn't the start of that era. It was no. for Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz, but guys like Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson, as you mentioned, Jason Peters, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, they were with Andy Reid and Chip Kelly. Like That was a long-term core. And so I think that's what where the optimism is because there's a lot of pieces right now that you know aren't going away in a year or two. And I mm -hmm. think that is the important part that we're talking about is establishing that foundation and winning in such a way in just year one yeah, again, against Tampa Bay, it showed you're not a great team. But, you know, everyone's using the, the the point now that you beat up on bad teams in the second half of the year. And while that is true, look, even against bad teams, good teams find a way – like, bad teams against bad teams are going to find a way to be inconsistent and find mm -hmm. ways to lose those games. Like, you look at the multiple times they were down by, you know, double digits. If you're not a good team – even against bad teams, you're going to lose a lot of those football games. So the fact that they were able to pull it out so consistently, yeah, they're not great, but it showed us that they're a good team that's building. And I look at what Dallas did, Lou. You look at their schedule, and if we're going to compare apples to apples here, they only beat one playoff team as well, folks. They only beat the New England Patriots. I mean, if you want to count that Chargers win on a, a fringe team, but in total, they beat one playoff team. And they went in there at their home field, and lost to a San Francisco team that isn't even 100% healthy at this point, Lou. And I look at where Philly is, and I look at where Dallas is, and I say I could see the path of what the Eagles have to do. They have to get better playmakers. They have to turn it around and getting these hot starts going. What can Dallas do? 
It was their best defensive performance. Well, I mean, it's in not like the roster is not loaded with stars. It just feels like Dallas, no matter who they have, but on they're going to they're always going to do this. Yeah, they're going <laughs> to be they're losing a lot of guys in free agency because they have a lot of guys that are coming off of their rookie deals, and they're not going to have a lot of money to pay these guys. You have Dak Prescott, who now. Can you look at him as a guy who can win these games for you? There's bigger question marks there than most other buildings right now that if you look around, who's a playoff quarterback? Dak really hasn't won any playoff games, if you look at it. What's Washington Just doing? One. What yeah, are the Giants against, doing? Uh, Seattle, yeah. The Eagles have a path. Three first-round picks. They're going to have tons of money in free agency once things come about. If this rumor of Brandon Brooks retiring is true, if there's the ability that they could get out from some of these big contracts due to an extension where they can kind of refigure some of that money, I believe mm-hmm. they would try to extend a guy like Darius Slave, for example. They're right. going to have the ability and the optionality, as Howie Roseman said, to make moves that are going to make them a better football team. Where a team like New Orleans, for example, right, Lou, a team that's right in that kind of stratosphere that the Eagles are, are in cap hell. They're, the picks that they have, oh boy, go look at that. Because if you want to talk about an organization that is going to have a very big struggle coming back, New Orleans, Seattle, the Eagles have resources. Like we're sitting in a place that we really haven't seen in some times. Coming mm-hmm. off of that Carson Wentz, when they acquired him, it was they had five draft picks. They had to get out from all of these deals like Byron Maxwell and Kiko Alonso to just keep the thing afloat. We're sitting in uncharted territories in this offseason. It's why I'm very had, pumped. Like it's why I, I'm you know, very fired at the same up time. It. If you I couldn't tell from the, the tone of our voices, yeah, right now. I didn't want the playoff run to end for sure. The season was a lot of fun to see them, you know, go on that run to make the postseason. But at the same time, yeah, again, the first time together we've done a show where they've had this much capital in, in an offseason to mm-hmm. build. And again, it, they're not a great team yet, and there's a lot of work to be done this offseason. But you did feel like in 2021 they did lay down a lot of those those foundation bricks, right, as mm-hmm. you build up this house. And I feel like you did establish that. And that's really important. Uh, and we're going to continue to get into that coming up next. Uh, Gino and I will go into, on offense specifically, what long-term foundation pieces they have in place now that should make you feel pretty good about the future. So that's coming up next right here on Locked on Eagles. And when you're in the draft, you're usually betting on the future, and the Eagles bet on the future of Jalen Hurts. And we bet on Jalen Hurts sometimes. You know where we did that? betonline.ag betonline would like to wish you all a happy new betting year as we continue our march towards the playoffs and beyond the super bowls coming up in a couple weeks i know everybody's going to have every single prop ready to go you got to bet on the coin flip it's it's the best odds you're going to get 50 50 come on and you can do that all at betonline.ag in 2022 and beyond go there use the promo code locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n to get 50 percent towards your welcome bonus. So you put in a hundred bucks, you'll get 50% of that. You'll get 150 that you can go bet on any game of your choosing. They have NHL boxing, hockey, you have UFC action, you have soccer action, Champions League is going on, Africa Cup of Nations. You could go and bet your favorite Vegas casino games, play roulette, bet on number 24 like I am. And you could tell that I love this website, betonline.ag, where the game starts. Guys, this is Locked On Eagles. We thank you for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. We're your only daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Get it wherever you get your shows, Monday through Friday. Also available on YouTube. And also, big announcement, the Peacock and Williamson NFL show on Locked On Podcast Network is going on the road to Los Angeles for the Super Week 
Um, follow the Peacock and Williamson NFL show today to get the most comprehensive coverage of the big game. It's free and available on all platforms. Uh, the Eagles are out, but still an exciting uh, finish to the NFL season in 2021. But for the Birds, we have started off the 2022 offseason. The Senior Bowl is in two weeks. Uh, Gino is already down in Texas for the CGS All-Star Game, already kicking off, looking at prospects for this year's class and you know helping guys uh, continue to live out their dreams. And we'll see which ones, uh, which ones are on the birds. Gino, but before, again, all offseason, we're going to be talking about the holes, what the Eagles need to do. You know, We're already talking trades and quarterbacks and free agency and the draft, and I, I can't wait for all of it. Like I love the offseason for this show. Uh, but at the same time, today I want to get into first, like one last look at the season, what has been put in place already. And we kind of talked about the winning culture, the ability to battle through adversity. That playoff run after going two and five was really, really important for the future. But now let's get into like some of the specifics because I think on offense more than I think the defense needs more work and we will get into it but the offense when it comes to long-term pieces they definitely have way more in place especially Mm -hmm. like when you look at the offensive line this offensive line has been incredible for years now pretty much our entire lives as Eagles fans it's been a huge luxury to not have many years where you had a horrible offensive line and that dominance is not going to go away anytime soon. I mean, what you got out of Jordan Maialata this year, out of Landon Dickerson, heck, even Jack Driscoll and Nate Herbig, and not to mention Lane Johnson just quietly now 821 offensive snaps this year and allowed just one quarterback hit and zero sacks. Not I mean, a big deal. That offensive line's not going away anytime soon, and that's a huge building block. I mean, it's the most important one, honestly, outside of quarterback. And it's not just the starting five, right, Lou? Because if you go down that line, we had different aspirations of what this offensive line could have been this year. We had Brandon Brooks slated as the right guard. Isaac Sayamalu at left. (laughs) Isaac Sayamalu at left guard. That went off the wagon really quickly. Now there's rumors that Brandon Brooks could be on his way out of Philadelphia, either via trade, either via retirement. But all of a sudden, you have options. You have optionality. We're going to continue this. This is what we're going to talk about. Optionality. All offseason long, it comes down to the options. Left tackle, you have Jordan Mailata. Oh, well, you know what? We had a guy who played some pretty decent snaps, put out some pretty decent tape in Andre Dillard. Could they move on from him, Lou? Could they move on from him and try and get a pick? Because you also have LaRaven Clark, who you signed as a swing tackle, who's going to be one of the guys that has been in the organization now going on three years after his COVID year last year. It's going to be a solid swing tackle. On top of these swing guards and Jack Driscoll that you have, you have Nate Herbig who's playing well. Sue Opeta started a playoff game for you. And did he start a playoff game last year, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, I think – Or against Seattle? Did he start I think that, that was Matt, I think you're thinking of Matt Pryor. Okay, because I thought there was two new guys yeah. that started in that game. But anyway – you have this depth. You have the starters. Even I with Kelsey Amalu retiring, coming back. Yeah, and Jay, uh, Gino, even with Kelsey and Brooks potentially retiring this year, I mean, you mentioned Samalu coming back, Herbig, Driscoll, Dickerson. That's still four guys for two, yeah. two or three And we're just spots. talking about the interior and your your tackle spots. I mean, goodness gracious, you They're don't set. really have to do anything no, outside Mylotta of was, more uh, depth there. Yeah, Pro Football Focus Adam is the second highest graded uh, left tackle this year, allowed just three combined sacks and QB hits, second in knockdown percentage. You're, you're good. I mean, you're good at tackle for a while. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying, the optionality. Andre Dillard, I, I firmly believe, could start on most teams in the NFL. And as much as people don't want to believe that it was a good pick, at least if you get – 
a, a third or a fourth for this guy, which I believe you can. And you still got minutes out of him when Jordan Mailata went down, right, Lou? But now as your team gets more expensive, as you move into more and more of this rebuilding phase and you're going to have to disperse money to guys in your building, you're going to have to make sacrifices like that where you have to sign a guy like Laraven Clark and try and get a draft pick in the future for a guy like Andre Diller because you can't just have him sitting on the bench when Jordan's going to be taking a majority mm. of those snaps. And the same thing with Isaac and Landon Dickerson and Jason Kelsey. People want to talk about drafting a guy like Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa where are you going to put all these guys? Yeah, Where are that's they what I didn't go? understand. I mean, would I put it past them? No, because that's what no. this team does. But so many people are mocking him to the Eagles, and I'm like, again, Isaac you always just take best player, but, in this but that's the thing. Like, you know, even if you let's just hypothetically say Jason Kelsey and Brandon Brooks are gone. You could have Isaac Samalu at center. I don't think mm-hmm. you're moving Landon Dickerson off of left guard with the no, chemistry he and my lot of have right Absolutely. now. And he stayed healthy, by the way. I mean, he says he feels good heading into the offseason. That was the only question because without that, Dickerson's a first-round pick. He's the best interior offensive lineman of last year's class. Any day of the week. And then but the, between Driscoll and Herbig at right guard, if those two are your, your final guys on the offensive line, I thought both played like starters when they were in. So, I mean, yeah, if you want to upgrade and go Linderbaum, sure. But, I mean, you know, even with that's the, that's the scenario where neither Kelsey or Brooks are back. And right. you still are, you know, you're still six or seven deep. And that's the thing. Optionality. The guys are going to play both positions, multiple positions. You talk about if Kelsey does retire, does Sayamalu go inside where he was a snapper, where he was a center at Oregon State, where he basically played every single position talking about guys that they were slated to move into that position when mm-hmm. Kelsey started bringing up this whole retirement thing like five years ago, say Umalu was one of the first guys they talked about to move into that position. So it's a, it's just a natural progression, I would feel. And the guys that are up there protecting for the guys behind them, Lou, you talk about a guy like Kenny Gainwell, a guy like Boston Scott, yeah, you have that seven-man unit together with the offensive line and those running backs back there, you mm-hmm. can keep this train chugging. And the, the receivers, year. I mean, you – that's the thing. The skill position wise, too, your core is mostly established. You have your wide mm-hmm. receiver one. You have your tight end one. You have your RB one. So Devonte, Smith, three, Dallas Goddard, probably. Yeah. yeah, and then you have some legitimate long term role players: Quez Watkins, Kenny Gainwell. I tweeted out today. It's crazy. I was looking at the stats on the season. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell and Boston Scott were the two guys that led the skill position group in touchdowns. Uh, when you combine playoffs too, Boston Scott had eight touchdowns, Gainwell had seven. He had over 500 yards from scrimmage despite consistently drawing the short straw in that four-man backfield. Um, you need a wide receiver too really badly. That's going to be the next key. But um, yeah, even skill position-wise, you have most of your building blocks. I would say realistically, Lou, you're walking into next season – with 10 of your 11 offensive starters. If you could upgrade that wide sure. receiver two Rager. position. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. If you could get, if you could sign Maybe a guy, Jalen like Hurts, but we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, That'll be no, on Friday. But, but I'm saying right now, Lou, what did we ask Jalen hurts to do when he came in as the 53rd guy selected in that draft? We knew they weren't drafting him to be the guy, but can you at least be a guy that could help us evaluate this roster? We have to remember what we talked about last year. If they can't find or be before this year started, that's what we were saying. Allow us to evaluate. We got answers, Lou. We know that Devontae Smith can play. We know Jalen Rager can't. We know Dallas Goddard can play. We know Kenny Gainwell can play, and that's what we wanted out of Jalen. So right now, if we can't find an an upgrade into 2022, he's still going to be the starter, and he'll probably start for another team if he does move on from Philadelphia in the future, and he'll have a solid NFL career. 
but the guys around him also have to step up, and I'm looking to upgrade at that wide receiver two position because Quez Watkins could yeah. be like a Cedric Wilson, for example, or a Michael Gallup for Dallas, where you have this He's guy. A perfect who, three. He's the a perfect, perfect three. three, the perfect matchup breaker for a fifth, six option for a defense. That's exactly what you want. But the thing is, the base is there. The structure is there. But if you can add Allen Robertson, if you could draft Trey Lombergs, I'm not saying no because you have so many different options. It's an offensive-based league. You only have one big hole. Could you afford to wait around, or could you put those resources in free agency there because you want to build through the draft with the defense because it is a good defensive year. It's strong at corner. It's strong at the edge. strong at the interior. Safety's hit or miss, but – you have optionality, Lou. That's what we're going to keep talking about. And I'm just spewing things here because we're right in the beginning of this process. That's what they're talking yeah. about in Novacare right now is exactly what you and I are saying. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I think, and I can't remember the exact stat, but somebody from overthecap.com uh, earlier this year said that when it comes to like the amount of snaps from players under the age of 25 on offense, the Eagles were up there. They were top five. I mean, they have mm -hmm. a young established offense. So when it comes to the theme of today's show, like the long-term foundations that are in place, most of them do reside on the offensive side of the football. We'll get into the defense coming up next. Obviously, that's going to be more of where the question marks reside uh, this mm -hmm. offseason, but we will get into you know what they did establish this year. Um, that This is Locked on Eagles. We'll get into that next. But guys, today's show is sponsored by TurboTax. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax live experts, that will make things interesting. Maybe you inherited a condo and you're renting it out, or maybe you're getting paid in crypto and aren't sure how it's taxed. For TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Luckily, TurboTax Live can match you with the right expert who has experience in your unique situation and can answer all of your tax questions right from your phone or computer. They can even take care of the whole filling process for you, filing process, I should say. Whether you launch your own startup or are working multiple jobs and juggling multiple incomes, an experienced TurboTax Live expert can help you during the entire filing process or do your taxes for you from start to finish and get you the tax deductions you deserve. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Intuit TurboTax Live. All right, Eagles fans, this is Louis DiBiase and Gino Camilleri, the hosts of your only daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, available Monday through Friday on all platforms, Lockdown Eagles. Thank you for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. On this Tuesday edition of the show, we're getting into the positives that the 2021 season established um, for the long-term future. And Gino, we talked mostly about um, you know, the winning culture and on offense, there's a lot that you have ready to go. You mentioned it could be, you know, 10 10 of 11 starters potentially back next year, maybe the entire unit. Let's hope not with Jalen Rager receiver, but mostly it's set. Um, and you just got to fill in the role players. When it comes to defense, a little bit different. This is mm -hmm. where they definitely need some more work. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I think on all three levels, I think you found some answers, right? On defense, on the defensive line, Josh Sweat after a contract extension, he has a career year as your best edge rusher. Milton Williams really came alive in his rookie year in the second half of the season. You know, I don't know if TJ Edwards and Davian Taylor are long-term every down linebackers, but they definitely emerged as strong role players. And you got Slay and Maddox a corner. Like it's not completely barren on defense either. When I look at it too, <clears throat> excuse me, you're not going to get this whole defense turned over in one off season. We know that. And that's why I am team. Well, especially when you're investing most of your time <laughs> yeah. in offense, right? I mean, and, and, and I am team 
spend the whole draft on defense this year. I, I want to do what Carolina did a couple of years ago, where they spend every single pick on defense because they truly do need it, Lou. But the thing is, this defense under Jonathan Gannon could look a lot different if he does get a head coaching job and they bring in another coordinator. I don't know so how that's he's a, three interviews, but <laughs> that's the More NFL, man. I, I don't ask question. It's the NFL. You, you just got to roll with the punches here. But if he does, if he does move on, you at least can look at these guys that you have and see, okay, who are the athletes? Who are the guys that put up numbers and put up tape? Mm-hmm. Even the rookies, even the guys that are just getting those sparing, sparingly minutes. Patrick Johnson flashed when he was out there. I thought he looked good. He could move around. Milton Williams, for sure. We'll see what they got in Marlon Tui Palazzo. But you still have Jacoby Stevens and Kari Vincent and Tay Gowan and these young guys that you brought in via trade, which could be pieces that they look as bodies to potentially compete at that position. Like cornerback two, for example. I don't think Steven Nelson will be back next year. I don't think, I think so either. Yeah. I, I don't think he put out good enough tape to be the option to go there. They drafted Zach McPherson. They have a lot of picks up top where they could land maybe a guy like Andrew Booth from Clemson, for example, who would be a great role player to go in and fill that role. Then looking behind them, you have the defense in terms of the middle. Man, they need bodies there. I, I look at the outside and it's like, yeah, they have bodies, but inside they have nobody. You got guys at linebacker, but can always upgrade. TJ Edwards can always be upgraded. Uh, yeah, Alex I don't Singleton think you want him to be, be your upgraded. every down linebacker. No. Um, yeah, they're, maybe they're Damian Taylor is that guy, but he's, you know, right now he hasn't been able to prove that he can stay healthy. So, I mean, those what about are safety, Lou? What about safety? Yeah, safety, That's, you got to you gotta do I'm, most I'm, of the work. I'm scared. I'm, I'm I don't know if scared. any of their starters are going to return. I mean, Anthony Harris is a free agent. Um, mm-hmm. Rodney McLeod, is he coming back? Marcus Epps did make some good progress this year, but I don't want him as one of our starters. Um, yeah, I mean, again, so that's one of the big holes for sure. On de- like, you know, edge rusher, you need help too. But defensive tackle, I'll tell you again, Milton Williams, yeah, he had five tackles. Line, yeah, for sure. In that while, I mean, they definitely need edge, but inside, like, Milton Williams in that wild card game, uh, five tackles, uh, the most in the NFL for the wild card weekend, three stops from behind the line, uh, 13% stop rate was sixth. I mean, that's a potential breakout candidate you have, and you've got him and Josh Sweat. Uh, Josh Sweat definitely was worth the money. Um, so you do, you know, you're not totally like in a colossal, disastrous situation on defense. You have been waiting a little bit too long to address some of those positions, though, I yeah. would say. Well, because, we, again, we, they haven't made a, a, a top two-round pick on defense since Derek Barnett in 2017, right? I mean, it's 2018, Dallas Goddard in the second round. 2019, yep. yeah, it was right. Dillard, Sanders, and Jay Jaw. Yep. And then 2020, it was Rager and Hertz. And then last year, it was Smith and Dickerson. Like for, the whole draft on for defense, ignoring brother. it, basically, I mean, they're not totally screwed because, again, they found some pieces late. And that's the thing with uh, 11 picks now. You have an offseason where if Gannon does stay, you could continue to build it in his vision. And y- yeah. you're going to look at positions like Jannard Avery. Like I could, I don't see him coming back next year. That could be mm-hmm. an upgrade. And other positions like that where Gannon could have a better suited player in this draft, like a Milton Williams, for example, where you saw how excited he was when they made that selection as opposed to Tom Donahoe. But guys like that. The Milton Williams, the Josh Sweat, the even Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave, who aren't going anywhere, you're going to have an interior and at least one solid edge rusher there. Yeah. Moving forward, Teron Jackson, I'm in love with the kid. I think he could be a solid number two or three 
in two years from now, next year he'll get even more reps. But can you bring a player in, a David Ajabo, in the first round? That would be an excellent compliment to Josh Sweat on the other side of the football. And just continue to build via the whole message that Howie Roseman wants. Can they run? Are they healthy? Do they love football? And I think that's what they're going to have to continue to do in the draft, in free agency. Get guys like Nicobe Dean. Get guys like Devin Lloyd. Guys that can run. Guys that yep. make you say, wow, when you watch their tape. They need players like that because they have a whole bunch of players that make you say, what the hell was that on defense? You need wow guys. You need guys that won't leave you scratching your head, but will leave you scratching your head saying, how the hell did he just make that play in a good way? And they yeah, because it's catching up, man. Because direction. even on the, the defensive line is where they have invested resources over the last few years, mm -hmm. consistently, even if it's not through the draft, you know, trades and big contracts, but even those moves, they're starting to catch up because guys are getting older. Some are free agents like Derek Barnett, um, you know, so yeah, I think defense overall, they need the most work in the off season. They do have some, you know, core pieces, but you know, not nearly as much as we were talking about on offense. Um, tomorrow though, we'll get into the initial off season shopping list. We'll take a first look at the biggest holes this team needs to address in all these avenues coming up. So make sure you subscribe to locked on Eagles, wherever you get the show, we're available in video form as well on YouTube. And we're always talking birds on Twitter. Got some questions. Want to talk about your opinion about our show subjects at Lockdown Birds, at GC24 underscore football, and at DiBiase, L-O-E. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. Thanks for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And let's go, Birds.